www.hsdenver.com, where we talk about everything health and wellness, which is very broad, uh, very broad, but it's really important to to understand, you know, having a full spectrum of health and, and also bringing truth to health. We have so much misinformation and confusion and misunderstanding and all of these things around health and wellness and in in my goal is to do my best to bring you the most amazing people good people who are out there to serve others who are willing to uh you know go out of their way to make sure that what they're doing is the best and is creating and giving a good life who everybody uh is you know who surrounds them and out and beyond especially when it comes to the broad reach that we have uh with doing shows like these um so health and wellness is relational financial physical mental emotional spiritual it's all of the things and that's what we try to to talk about here and i truly do feel amazing amazingly blessed to be surrounded by people who are working their asses off to to, to bring goodness and light and information and love and joy uh, to other people. So today we have Sharon Saylor, um, who has an amazing story. What I love about also the people who I bring on, all of them to date, unintentionally, but all of them to date are entrepreneurs. Um, and s- most of them have a story that changed their trajectory in life. Again, not intentional, but I think that that is such a big part of people's story and what they have to share and what they can give in life and what we all want to take and learn from when things are difficult. What can we do to turn them into something big and beautiful and better? And so that's Sharon. So thank you, Sharon, so much. I know sometimes my intros are really long, but I'm super grateful that you're here. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Nikki, and I'm so honored and grateful to be here myself. It's so exciting to see you. I know. It's fun um, doing the live radio, the live stream, because everything is live instead of, you know, just the podcast where it's just, you know, the audio, which both are amazing because they're both great at different times, but um, it is fun that everybody can, can see us chatting and having a good conversation and see who you are because you have, like I said, an amazing story and so much to share. And before we get into that, though, as, ouch, I cut myself cooking. <laughs> so oh, no. I, <laughs> I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. Anyway, um, so before we get started, as always, we start the show with gratitude because I believe that gratitude can change the world and it can change our mindset and it can change our energy and it can change so much about us. So, Sharon, what are you grateful for today? Wow, what a, that's a broad question, Nikki. <laughs> I know, it's, it can be hard, huh? There's so much. Well, you know, you mentioned emotional, spiritual, work, uh, career, family, all of those things and, as who we are. And I could label grateful in so many of those areas. Right now, right off the top of my head, looking out the window, grateful that it's raining today. Oh. For the first time in months. <laughs> so nice. Some people are like, what are you talking about? I've got the windows wide open. I just love, you know, all the dust being cleared and all yes. that. Anyway, so I'm really grateful for the rain. Yes. Thank you, rain. <laughs> and 
So I'm grateful to be here and see your lovely face again. So that's exciting. So plenty to be grateful for. I'm grateful for my health that I had a bout of long COVID and I got the right help and being able to come out and see the other side, being able to come out that tunnel. I think we're really close now. So I'm grateful for that. Oh, that's so hard. Awesome. Sorry, I, I grabbed that cut and I just made it bleed. <laughs> how's, that, how's that for embarrassing bleeding on live streaming? Anyway, whatever, it's the way it goes, right? It's always something. Um, so, I, <laughs> I'm i going to try to keep my, my little gratitude story short. Um, I love music. Um, as I think most people do, but I get really excited. We get, you know, we go to concerts as often as we can. And so uh, last night, so a little background story. So we went and saw, I don't know if, if you know him, a lot of you will, but Tyler Childers. Do you know who Tyler Childers is? No, I don't. He's kind of country, a little bit rock, kind of bluesy, very singer-songwriter, just really good. Um, and I just... He's and twangy, very twangy. I just, I just love his voice and raspy. It's amazing. So, um, we had tickets to go see him a, almost a year ago, and I ended up having to not go because I went up to be with my mom as she was passing. So, oh shoot, I didn't turn my phone off. <laughs> Sorry, I hope that doesn't happen again. I can't get to it. Anyway, so wasn't able to see it. Um, of course. You know, I am grateful to have been able to be there with my mom while she passed. But since then, my friend who who came up here to for the first show uh, found tickets that was a really small venue, probably 300 people with him. Um, and then my husband bought us tickets at Red Rocks. It was obviously obviously a huge venue last night to see him and it was amazing and it was so good and I so enjoy people who have the voice that they have in real life that they have on tape right recorded um, without mm-hmm. all of the extras and the stuff but what happened too <laughs> is we were getting ready to leave and my husband looks at my my dog one of my bigger dog and she had a slash like literally a slash down her oh. arm. And we're like, what are we gonna do? We gotta go to the concert, we're not cheap tickets. So I'm grateful for being able to go to the concert. I'm grateful that we were able to get her into the vet and they could just take her in and sew her up. And as soon as we got out of the concert, we were able to go pick her up. You know, the timing's really beautiful and I mean, for what it is. And you know, she's she's pretty sad right now with how she's not feeling very well but poor thing i know but grateful that that that's all it was you know it was a pretty good tear i don't know what she did it on but um you know it could have been in a much worse place you know it was a place you know a lot of tissue a lot of muscle there so not a lot of not a lot of damage just kind of yucky anyway but lots to be grateful for for my health the dog's health seeing tyler childers and amazing music I love music, so that's where I am today. (laughs) And not much sleep (laughs) last night, unfortunately, but all good. So let's get into the good stuff, and let's talk about you, Sharon, and let's talk about, um, you know, the who's and the why's and, you know, what motivates you and what excites you and what gets you going and what got you here. Oh, my goodness. That's a broad question. I know, (laughs) lots of broad questions. (laughs) 
I think what brought me here and my passion for you are not your diagnosis. If, if you had asked me eight years ago when I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, a very rare one, I, it was really hard to find any gift in that moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, here we are, uh, zoom forward almost eight years, and so many gifts. My life has changed radically in this period of time. And, you know, in a way, I'm sort of hoping that COVID will do that too. <laughs> I, I did, as I mentioned, catch COVID. I caught it early uh, before it was even labeled COVID <laughs> in oh. hindsight. Wow. In hindsight, yeah, I was an early adopter. Lucky uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Like> you. <laughs> but um, in a way, I'm very thankful that I was because it was, I was luckily it was treated and I came out the other side fine. But in hindsight, I'm like, I don't know, you know, I, I'm just glad it was, I, systems weren't overwhelmed at the time when I was recovering, things like all sorts of things. I'm, I'm grateful for it with that. But what brought me here is all of my training in communications and dealing with conflict, dealing with uh, people who um, have a difficult time, you know, and all of that, all my communications brought me to this moment and understanding how, when we are told what our diagnosis is, how a large number of people can internalize that and it becomes part of their identity. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when they talk about themselves, wellness is kind of off in a corner somewhere, maybe even shoved in a dark closet. They're just, when they say, I have, if you're not careful, that can imply ownership. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to tell mm -hmm. this story, it's kind of gross, but <laughs> about this idea, <laughs> you know, it's a metaphor, okay? I'm like, if an exterminator says, oh, you know, you have um, cockroaches or you have ants or something like that, you're like, oh, okay, and there's no ownership. It's like, yeah, fine, get rid of them, yep. you know, take yep. them, yep. <laughs> they're yours. <laughs> but when someone in what I like to see, sort of this mentality that we get around medicine and medical situations is an authority that someone is telling us, an authority is telling us, a white coat authority is telling us, you have, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, and it feels like that's now part of you. But the, and so when I first got my diagnosis, I did sort of trudge through that, like, oh my gosh. And I realized it was becoming part of my identity. And so I had to change up how I talk about it and it led me on a whole new career, well, tandem career tra tra trajectory because I'm still doing the old uh, work that I used to do, the other work I used to do about uh, conflict and communication. But it also led me into this world about talking about communication and how we talk about ourselves and how we talk about our medical and our wellness and our well-being mm -hmm. really creates our reality as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's sort of my view of all of this. And being able to talk about it in such a way that you can relate to doctors what's going on with you mm -hmm. and make sure that everybody's really on, clearly on board with that this is about wellness. This is not about symptom management or right. anything else. This is about how can we together optimize. Yeah, it's interesting when, um, whether it's with clients or with people I talk to, the things that, that I pick up on 
um, I think maybe partly from you and from others who have who who understand that the illness is not the person, right? And let's take that away and move in a different direction. But when I hear people say my autoimmune disease or my cancer or my whatever it is, I always just think that that's not who you are. I mean, in my mind, and, and I, I, you know, I, I can't always just say that, even if I want to. <laughs> But I want to, that would be, um, and, and maybe I should, maybe I should say more. Let's, let's, let's separate the two because this, this one is what you want to go away and you want to, like you just said, bring in the wellness and create the wellness and help the wellness and get rid of the other. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Do you mind sharing just a little bit about, because I think it's interesting, I think it's part of your story, the condition that you had are you considered to be in remission i am considered to be okay. in remission i loved it about five years in the rheumatologist says congratulations we're putting you in the re remission folder and i was like oh i could have told you that two years ago but okay <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> anyway I, I think yes i was doing the i want to go backwards a little bit before the diagnosis i was doing about 200 year uh, 200 years feels like <laughs> 200 days a year at that 200 days a year on the road oh. speaking about it for corporations and other business folk you know entrepreneurs and things about communications and dealing with difficult people customer service and helping people through crises those sorts of things and and it was interesting to me that in hindsight, I thought I was like, eating healthy, grabbing a salad on the go, must be healthy, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't take into account any of the other areas of health, like sleep and stress mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. of those things. And one day I'd flown in, it was a delayed flight, so extra stress, and I'd flown across country, landed in Florida, got into bed about midnight, and was exhausted, woke up early in the morning to get ready to do an all-day training, and I couldn't move my legs. Oh. Gone to bed tired and stressed, but that wasn't abnormal for me at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and I, you know, you just freeze. It's like, all right, I, okay, how come this is not good? What's going on? How and scary. I was I'm sorry, I just can't even imagine waking up like, I mean, Holy smokes, I didn't know that. That's, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should put a little asterisk by that. I couldn't move them off the bed. I could feel my legs. Uh -huh. I could, like, move my toes, but the muscles were not engaging, if oh that gosh. makes any sense. Yeah. So I yeah. knew that they, the legs were still there, thank heavens. But finally was able to figure out a way, sort of with abs and et cetera, to roll myself up, out of bed and able to stand up, but knew that that wasn't going to work or last. And the way sometimes we think, okay, we're just going to muscle through this. <laughs> I, I actually, after about an hour or so, I was feeling better. I, I, I actually went and did the training. Oh. Now, I know. Uh. <laughs> I know. Don't tell me how stupid that was. <laughs> I think, what are you doing? <laughs> and I went on, I went on a, we were over the weekend, went on a vacation with some friends that I had down there. And on that trip, I started to break out in hives from head to toe. And so not only do it now, I have sort of some muscle weakness going on. It wasn't as bad as the morning I woke up. And I'm like, oh, well, just keep muscling through this. 
know, I don't know. Sometimes I find women a little bit more than men, and maybe I have to find entrepreneurs more than others. Sometimes do this thing about, oh well, we'll just muscle through and hide it. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't recommend that, guys. No. But that's the mindset <laughs> I find. <laughs> and by the end of the weekend, I'm covered in hives from head to toe, for, oh. and I have no idea why. Uh, we go to urgent care. Friends take me to urgent care. They don't know what it is, but they assure me it's not contagious. So put me on a flight back to my home state, and. I go to um, my doctor. I w actually went to um, my, my allergy doctor. She was the one who could see me, and I thought the hives were probably allergies. And I knew it wasn't good when she came into the room. She came into the room, took one look at me. Her face went white and blank. She stared at the ground, and she left the room. <laughs> She's, oh, oh, I forgot something. And what? No. Oh, a lot God. of my expertise is in body language, so I, tell you, I just knew, <laughs> well, that's not good. <laughs> She comes back with another doctor whom I've never met, and of all things, they look at my fingernails. <laughs> and I still don't know what's going on. And she comes back in and she says, she's looking at the ground, she won't make eye contact, and she says, you have dermatomyositis. Now, it meant something to her, obviously, mm -hmm. because the way she said it, all of that, I knew, okay, this is not good. But it could have been supercalifragilistic. I mean, it meant no sense to me whatsoever. Right, right. I mean, who's heard of dermatomyositis? I know now that I am out there doing the Autoimmune Hour podcast, I get a lot of people saying, I know of dermatomyositis, mm -hmm. but at the time, totally foreign. Anyway, that, so that started the journey and uh, in recovery. And I did go through that phase of oh no, my life has radically changed. Is this going to be who I am and why I, you know, all of this, why me kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I realized that that was, just as the person who told me you have dermatomyositis rubbed off on me going, oh no, that's not good. And listening to all the stats and all of this sorts of things, I had internalized that. And I early on after going through a series of other doctors realized you know, if I keep in this mindset of, oh no, that's not good, and internalizing that I am this label, I am really limiting my ability to get well. Mm -hmm. If I can't see myself as a well person again, yes, in all honesty, my life is not the same as it was. There's more about managing my wellness. I'm actually probably healthier now because I do a lot more management of my wellness and well-being. But if I had stayed in that place I was right after diagnosis, I don't think we'd be having the same conversation for sure. Right. Yeah, and so you talk about mindset, and I'm sure that that was a huge piece of your healing as well as now, you know, when you are working with others and, you know, helping them through their diagnosis, whether it's through your awesome podcast, The Autoimmune Hour, look it up and check it out and go to the autoimmune, your website is the autoimmune, it's not the autoimmune hour, it's what is Und it? Understandingautoimmune.com. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I should have, should have written that down. I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Seems simple. <laughs> Goodness. But check it out. Check out her podcast. It's so, so good. Um, but as you're, you're, you know, you have your message, how do you, <clears throat> excuse me, 
how do you help people and what is your message and 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 how did you change your mindset to to that i'm a i need to see myself as, as healthy and not as ill well i know i'm when i talk about it trust me that it d doesn't happen like with fairy dust right. <laughs> you know sometimes when Thanks you tell your own story it mm -hmm. sounds like oh you just sprinkle a little fairy dust and poof <laughs> <laughs> oh better <laughs> i've had hills and valleys on this journey okay mm -hmm. and i trust that you uh, guys be okay with your hills and valleys <laughs> on yeah. your journey as well as the wellness as well i think the big thing for me was not allowing myself to see myself as I'm going to put you know, diseased or disabled or any of those types of things. I did not want that. Mm -hmm. Part of me was in this, I don't know what I want, but I don't want that mode, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is helpful as long as you don't stay stuck there. You make the choice for wellness, make the choice. Some people say, I want my old life back. And I often go, hmm. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that what your old life got you here? Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it takes a radical revision of how you view your life, mm -hmm. and that can be tough because you're getting a lot of uh, people who want. Sometimes I know it sounds strange, but sometimes you get people in your life who want you to stay the same. Oh, you know, you're yeah. making radical changes mm -hmm. in wellness and and optimization of your life, stress reductions, changing your sleep habits changing your eating habits, changing everything. <laughs> and a lot of times there are certain people in your life that you might find, hmm, go back to the way you were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And no, because that's what got you here. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's a really great point. You know, um, some people, people including ourselves, sometimes have, have a, a, a difficult time moving forward and a difficult time with change. And I think that those can be Blocks. They can be, you know, traumas. You know, I don't know. I think there are a number of things that can keep people stuck and be, uh, you know, unable to change. You know, when I talk with my potential clients, it's I I have to know that they are not stuck or they're really, really, really willing to get unstuck because <laughs> <laughs> because you know the work to go to to. To work on your health and bring yourself back to health, but also know that it takes the mindset and it takes support and it takes all of these outside factors to kind of help you move forward. And sometimes you have to get rid of, or at least sort of put to the side for a bit those, if they're people or if they're things or whatever it is that is kind of, that's keeping you from moving forward. You know, talking about those people who who want, want your old life back or want you back the way that you used to be, um, you know, a little bit of distance sometimes can be smart for a period of time to, to get you to where you need to be. Yeah? And I just want to point out that not all of those people are malicious, okay? No, agreed. agreed. Take, take a beautiful relative of mine at holidays has a fantastic dessert that they make every year, right? Mm -hmm. And it has a lot of allergens for me. Yep. Not for the rest of the family, but mm -hmm. for me. And this is a constant thing. She's an elderly person, and I love her to death. <laughs> but, oh, Sharon, just one little bite. Yeah. How can it hurt? Yeah. Now, that's not yeah. malicious. No. That's family memories. That's all of this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for them to understand how one little bite could set me back 
in all sorts of ways yeah. that now I know how to treat and I know how to stop the progression of it, so that's good, but why do I want to go through 48 hours, 72 hours of an allergy, right? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For it's that one little bite. So sometimes it's not always malicious. Mm -hmm. It's just a lack of understanding unless you've had a chronic long-term condition that changes your life. It really is hard to understand what it's like to live your life completely to the fullest as possible, and still there's a part of you that's sort of going, am I safe? Mm -hmm. On a heightened extent. I know we've had the marvelous guest Sarah Payton on the show a few times, and she's wonderful, and she talks about this idea that as people, regardless of your medical status, we ask two questions, am I safe? And do I matter? Mm -hmm. And that's sort of an ongoing radar in our head. It's just as a continuing loop. And once I understood that, especially on my safe, I realized why a lot of times, even as we begin to progress in our wellness, we can slip back a little bit. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's always been around this feeling of safety. Mm -hmm. So we could go so many ways with this, but I just wanted to bring that out, that oftentimes, it's it's not from a lack of willpower. It's not from malicious people. It, it's just life. Yeah. And and so to me, boundaries are critical. Mm -hmm. Understanding, setting boundaries for myself, setting boundaries for, with other people. So that's another topic. But I think boundaries were critical. In mm -hmm. I had always had sort of loosey goosey boundaries until my illness, and um, and my journey into wellness. Mm -hmm. and not so much anymore, and sometimes that can also shock people, like, whoa, didn't see that coming, she had loosey-goosey boundaries, what's this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, there's so many directions that we, we could go with it, but going, you know, backwards just a little bit and talking about understanding that when you have been diagnosed with something that is chronic, you know, um, as you're trying mm -hmm. to move out of it, and I, I've seen this, I've seen this in my clients, that you know, they're, they're moving in a positive direction, things are, things are going really well, especially my autoimmune clients. Because they, you know, with autoimmunity, you can have flares, as, as many of you know and have experienced. And it can take that one little bite, just as you were saying, and I, I, I say this because I wanna reiterate, because I think it's so important for people to understand, because I have to explain it to my clients pretty regularly. Your body knows. The body knows if it's one little crumb. I'll ask people, how often are you eating gluten? Oh, not very often, maybe twice a week. <laughs> that is so much. <laughs> and you know, some people can get away with it, but a lot of people can't. And if you have an autoimmune condition, you can't. It's just kind of a hands down, you can't or you shouldn't uh, because it's gonna do all kinds of things that it's doing. But it's not a, I have a, it's not my story, but it's a, it's a story with a, a physician who was putting on a seminar but you know he just like you had said he had a woman who was really really sick and she was doing really well it took him months and months and months for her to get to this place where she was doing well and so she was at a party right and at a party it was like a birthday party it's not a problem I feel great I'm just gonna have a bite of cake and it set her back months and so it can stink to be in that position, but understanding that 
you know, creating the boundaries, understanding your body, learning, um, learning that it, learning that these, what's going to set you off, what's going to flare you, and what's not. And one of my favorite things with clients who are not that critical, but it's an understanding of their body, because that's what I want, is for people to learn their body and understand what they need and what's going to be best for them, is when they do eat something that they shouldn't and they feel it. But it's not a bad yeah. feel. It's not like it took them back for months. You know, I when it's somebody who's really critical or chronic, I, I, I very much want to express to them this is something that you cannot, should not do because it will set you back for a long time. But somebody who just, you know, they just feel bad or they have a tummy ache or they feel bloated, they're like, I just didn't feel good. Great. Now you know. <laughs> and now I, I want to say it, it can be as simple as when I was going through that process of discovery mm -hmm. of which foods, and some of them didn't show up in the nutrition allergen testings and the response testing. Right. But my nose would start to run after eating them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, that's obviously an irritant. I might not be a full-blown allergy, mm -hmm. but let's um, minimize that, if not extinguish that, because why is my nose starting to run right after I ate it? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Obviously something about my system. Yep. And the interesting thing about foods is I did go through the different allergen and uh, response testing for nutrition, and a really weird one came up, parsley. Oh. And that came up in the, you know, the red flag section, yeah. section just waving loud and parsley, parsley. Of all things. And so I went out to dinner and I realized, oh gosh, there's not a lot in this limited menu I could eat. This was several years ago. And so I ordered a baked potato, or I'm sorry, a ba uh, sweet potato. And I, that was the only thing on the menu. I thought, okay, I can have this sweet potato. And I thought I was very clear and I said, please, no butter, nothing, just the plain potato. And it comes and it has nothing, but it's been cracked open and it has a little bit of parsley sprinkled on top. <laughs> and of course, wanting to be nice, uh -huh. I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to scrape it off uh -huh. okay, and I'll be fine. <laughs> and I ate it and in the middle of the night, I woke up with a migraine, oh. or, not technically a migraine, but a migraine feeling, you know. Yeah. Of, pounding head and soreness and I called the doctor the next day oh my goodness I think I've been parsleyed <laughs> <laughs> I said how can that be it must have been only a molecule of mm -hmm. parsley I scraped it off mm -hmm. and she explained to me Sharon when I met you your infl inflammation from food allergies and sensitivities was off the charts it yeah. was way up there let's say at a hundred <laughs> and she said we've gotten you down and you've been so good and you've been finding all these things out and eating the way you should eat your body wants so we've got your inflammation way down and so you get one little thing and you zoom right mm -hmm. to 100 again mm -hmm. where before at 95 to 100 not that much yeah. right it didn't yeah. matter if you've been parsley you were in pain anyway so what's the difference mm -hmm. now that we have your body settled down and the inflammation under control it was so shocking to me that something first seemed so innocent as parsley. Now I'm not bashing parsley, guys. For me, <laughs> they showed different. up. Yeah, I know lots of people that eat parsley, so I'm not bashing parsley. But everybody's different, and you're thinking something as simple as that. Yeah. 
sent me back. It, mm -hmm. Luckily, it was just about 72 hours it was out of my system, mm -hmm. but wow, what an eye-opener. It is. It's so interesting. And I think people, you know, initially, well, two things about that is, is what you said, which is sort of hitting the nail on the head, is when you have little things that you don't understand, so a runny nose, a random ache, a random headache, it's not just that because you have a headache, it's not just because you have a runny nose. Your body's trying to talk to you, and your body's trying to tell you something, and your body's trying to to get your help and warn you about something. And it's 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 interesting that we we look at it as it's just a random occurrence and there's nothing that triggered it, but something certainly did trigger it. And so taking a step back and thinking, what could it have been? And that's the best part about learning and understanding and knowing your body is when you figure out those little things and how to avoid them and how much better you feel and back to what you said regarding you know when you feel so good and you eat something that you shouldn't it's that much worse right <laughs> and I hear I hear yeah and I hear it from my clients all the time they're like I didn't know I could feel this good and then I didn't know I could feel this bad <laughs> so quickly like good now you know it's great you know? <laughs> yes, I. If it has come so far so we know, I, I have. I just send it back. I said, please, uh -huh. naked, totally naked. <laughs> so curious, is there anything now that you took out before that you have tried to bring back in that you're co more comfortable with than before? Absolutely, but I've added it back slowly and yeah. sparingly. Mm -hmm. So uh, eggs were taken out for a while. Yeah. But that didn't really show up as egregious on the different charts, the different testings we mm -hmm. did. It was sort of in the high, or, you know, in the yellow area. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I like to say green, yellow, yeah. red. That's, that's <laughs> how like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll just say it's like in the caution, uh -huh. the bleeping caution light, you know. And I've added that back. I can have about one a week, which is nice okay. too, because. Honestly, it did get down to the ridiculous of a half a dozen foods or so at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And slowly adding each week or each couple of weeks, depending on where it is and what it is, mm -hmm. has really expanded what I can eat, mm -hmm. which is wonderful because going out to restaurants is tough or, you know, the pandemic kind of threw that into a loop. Mm -hmm. But I think many of us are venturing out again. Yep. Or even going to a friend's house to eat mm -hmm. can be tough. Mm -hmm. But yeah, slowly adding them back and just making sure that I'm really careful about taking notes, okay? <laughs> just because I ate that, well, poor egg, I'll, but I'll bash on the egg for a second. <laughs> um, just because I ate that egg and nothing happened, like I didn't get a runny nose immediately, I, honest, I keep some notes to myself because you, I don't know about you, but I think I'll remember and I don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I keep notes about... Because it can be, I don't know, 24, 48, sometimes 72 hours when all of a sudden I'm like, hmm, okay. And then I have to always guess and test a lot, too. Like, okay, that's 72 hours later, I have a really bad headache. Was that that egg that I tested or something else I was exposed mm -hmm. to or, you know, stress or... It's like a game of memory, you know, yeah. when you're flipping over the cards trying to make a match. Yeah, yeah. 
It is. It's really difficult, and that's why I mean I I love elimination diets, and but it is a it's it's really difficult when the data shows that it, that a sensitivity can present two to nine days after eating a food. Who remembers what they had nine days ago? <laughs> no, I know. For me personally, when I and this was it was simple for me because it was such a small thing. But when I eliminated gluten. I was having, I'm, you know, 40, 45 years old and these crazy pimples on my face. What is wrong with me? And it just progressively got worse and worse over the years from when I was younger to when I was older to, you know, the cystic, horrible stuff. It, it, was, it would be around for months and months. So I finally thought, all right, you know, I'm a nutritionist. I'm going to give up gluten. Let's see what happens. And my face cleared up. And I knew that, that, that sensitivities can present two to nine days after eating whatever it is. And so that was the only thing that I brought back in one day. I went and had beers with friends and I had pasta and, you know, the whole thing. Eight days later, my face breaks out. So it's, it's, it's interesting and it's difficult. That's why food sensitivity testing can be so good. But I think also understanding that a lot of times it's not necessarily the food as much as, much as it's your pissed off immune system. Oh, right. yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just that the food was poking the immune system yes. and the immune system roared back. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I just like, why mm -hmm. why start poking the snake with a no. stick? I mean. yeah. No, I totally agree. When you know, you know, especially when it's red, because that's how it comes back on food sensitivity testing, like you said, it's green, yellow, or red. But when it's red, you want to take as much of those out as you can. I have a client who came back, the entire sheet was red. And she was oh like, my. yeah, it was intense. And so she was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to eat? She was already just high in stress. Her whole body was in the red, right? She had so much going on. And I told her, so yeah, you're the food, there's a, there's a problem here, but it's not food, it's your immune system. So we, you know, we need to, we need to mm. take a step back, create balance in the immune system, you know, eliminate what we can for a time, but this isn't, for for the most part, it's not forever because we're gonna be able to balance your immune system and it's not gonna be so angry and turn, turn everything red. And we did. Yeah. And when your immune system's not angry or upset at you, it's, it, it's to me, it was never just about the food, honestly. The food was a huge component yes. because that's adding fuel to the fire, mm -hmm. but stress reduction. Yes. I, I, this term's kind of weird. I've heard it. I, I don't, I'm not sure I agree with it. Sleep hygiene. Right. I like to yeah, call it yeah. sleep rituals. Yeah. I prefer sleep rituals, but some of you like might that. know it as sleep hygiene. Um, you know, so many things, uh, exercises that you can do. At first, you know, with the dermato means skin, myositis means muscle. So the, the muscle weakness part of it, I couldn't exercise like I had, had or wanted to. But just doing something mm -hmm. and I like to encourage people to do something in all the areas you know spiritual emotional physical mental um, all of the areas that you can and maybe it's just one little thing a day mm -hmm. but you know it, it's exponential it, it, at the end of a year you've made 365 changes <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's exponential. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's not like I said. It's not. I wish it was fairy dust, but it's not. It's about putting in the time with nutritionists, 
such as yourself to understand what's the fuel that's adding to this fire that's already here and then what else is making the conditions for it to rage mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so but sometimes it's like I think about the food as the fire but then in this wildfire sort of analogy uh, the stress that I've been putting on my body and all these other things that I haven't been taking care of that I'll get to tomorrow because I've got other more important things mm -hmm. um, are all of the dried brush that catches on fire. And I yeah. think people need to understand that you have to have this comprehensive approach to your wellness. Mm -hmm. You can't just fix one thing and assume that you might feel somewhat better. And I know oftentimes we can play this game, well, oh, well, uh, this is good enough. Mm -hmm. But I really encourage people to say, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. And good for you. You know, that it might have a couple of driving factors in, you know, in life and in work. Um, you know, I've experienced my own um, sort of issues with, with conditions, you know, that are just really kind of debilitating. And what I know is once you get beyond that point, that you feel good and when you feel good you have the ability to live and to do all of the most amazing things that you're put here to do you know we're all here for a reason we're here to to to, to serve and to give and to love and to create and to build and you know we have gifts and if we don't feel good it's hard to give those those gifts and so being stuck in the cycle of like you said you know this is good enough and or i'm not good enough or i can't do it and and you know finding a way whether it's guidance from someone or whatever it is to flip to help you with that mindset i've had to work on my own mindset with things right and so help you to flip that mindset and then start taking those baby steps to forward movement to help and not settling for this is good enough because um, we have such a short time here with big things that we can do to make such a big difference. And that's what gets me going is when I'm working with people who are seriously motivated and watching them just sort of, I don't know, open up and feel better and they're just excited and they're like, I I can I can now do what it is that I'm put here to do you know it's 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 a blessing it is it's, it really is a blessing in hindsight looking back you we wouldn't have gotten that out of me <laughs> at the right. moment of the, right. of the uh, diagnosis but absolutely in hindsight being able to make meaning has been critically important and I can see all of the trainings I had up until that time all of the things that I learned about communication and things really propelled me through and I'm continuing to do the corporate work as well as now talking to people about how we talk to ourselves and others about wellness and well-being is part of this it's not just understanding specific tests and what we put in food we put into our mouth it's also what food we're putting into our brain mm -hmm. like what are we, what stories are we telling ourselves and how do we tell those stories to others so it's critically important in our wellness and our well-being and part of that as we, you opened the show so beautifully is about gratitude mm -hmm. and when I first was going through the intense healing phase 
And metamyositis causes you to your skin to peel. So imagine waking up like with a third degree sunburn and you haven't been out in the sun. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens. And there were days when just opening my eyes that morning, I would be grateful and I would have my gratitude ritual of just being able to open my eyes and be breathed that morning. Mm -hmm. So each time you take that tiny little step and be grateful for that step and that moment of awakening and what is that, what is here for me to learn? Mm -hmm. What is here for me that I can share with others that perhaps they need that moment to have like, oh, I didn't know that. I, there's so many times people have told me things and even here I'm listening to our conversation, mm -hmm. I was like, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been awesome mm -hmm. to be able to continue to add. And, and so making meaning is critically important uh, to understand that there's more to what's happening to you in this moment than just this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, something that just crossed my mind, and I, I have not thought this thought through very much, <laughs> so I'm going to say it anyway. But, you know, we're told to live in the present, you know, not live in the past, and, you know, not live in the future, and, and all of these things. But I think that as important as that is when you're going through a situation that is as chronic as what you were dealing with, and, and making sure, though, that you have that hope and that movement forward to know that it's not going to stay in that situation. And, and, and finding your team, and I say this a lot, and I say it to my clients, and I say it all the time, and I, I hope that I, I probably will, there are a few things that I'll probably never stop saying, I'll say it constantly, because I think it's so imperative to make sure that when you're stuck, and when you're in a place where you don't know how to get out, Find your team, find the people who are there, who you know are gonna be on your side, who hopefully will communicate with each other and help you help you dig your way out and find mm -hmm. your health because um, we can't, you know, we can't do things alone. Um, I mean, we, we can do some things alone and it's great, but having your, your, your partners and your team and your people to help you, I think is, it's really imperative when you're, when you're feel like you're being crushed, right? Because that's what it can feel like. Oh, absolutely. Uh, about three years ago now, I found my team, and they're awesome, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I love all of them. And that radically changed the trajectory, the mm -hmm. speed of the healing, is having the right team understand my specifics. Because even with the label of a diagnosis, everyone presents differently. You can read someone about chronic fatigue and you could talk about to six different people and they've had six different unique experiences. You know, or any diagnosis, MS, it's the same thing. You talk to six different people and they've had six completely unique experiences. So finding a team that gets you and wants to help you. And I know you said you do some things alone. You might do specific things alone, like whether you put that gluten <laughs> into your mouth or right. not, yep, yep. <laughs> is alone. But you know, honestly, I, it takes the whole team to, mm -hmm. to get, what is that, uh, you know, it takes a village <laughs> yeah. to get well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. sometimes just knowing that, <laughs> this sounds awful, but I'll paddle. <laughs> um, just knowing that I, if I did put that cake in my mouth, I'm going to have to admit that to one member of, or more of my team. <laughs> <laughs> Accountability. Keeps, keeps me from doing yeah. it. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So sometimes, you know, it, 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 sometimes it's even minor that it's more than just you going through this experience. And I want to point out, it's okay to leave a situ medical situation, and <laughs> I'm going to put it in air quotes, but it's okay to fire a medical professional. Yeah. It's okay to yeah. fire a coach. It's okay to fire <laughs> people in yeah. your life. Yeah. If it's not, <laughs> it's not about you. It's not mm -hmm. about hating them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had plenty. What propelled me to start the show really was about three months in, I had one of the top doctors in the field. I had been blessed. I'm thinking, oh, wow, how did I get you know, in this opportunity to be seen by one of the top doctors? Yet I realized that they weren't really listening mm -hmm. to my uniqueness of the, my situation. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying, I kept having these weird reactions to some of the medication, and I'm like, Okay, now we're just treating symptom for symptom, and the doctor kept saying, "Well, that's a side effect." And he said, "But at this point, it's a symptom. <laughs> you know, it's impairing I my mean, life. You know. <laughs> Let me choose." And so I, you could just see the kind of here the where I'm going with this. It, it wasn't going to end well. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said, "You know, I think it was mutual when I brought it up. I said, you know, I'm going to seek other care." Um, I think they were as relieved as I was because I wasn't, you know, we weren't on the same team. Right. We didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. They were trying to cure the symptoms, and I was trying to cure the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I was trying yeah. to leave what's mm -hmm. create a whole new wellness mm -hmm. being, a whole new body mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. And so, being comfortable to having those tough conversations when it's not working, it's not working, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. Have and sometimes, most of the time, they're just as relieved as you are that you're going to seek other situations, other opportunities for finding the right care providers, the people that can educate you in the way you need to be educated. And it's so, like it's you know, it's okay to say, hey, this isn't working. Yeah, and it kind of feels like a bad breakup of a bad date, but you know, <laughs> move on. <Yeah>. Next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to, and you. It's it's about advocating for yourself, um, and it's also about educating yourself or allowing yourself to be educated if you're not already. That there are those who are trained to treat the symptom. And it's not treating the body, it's treating the symptom. And it's not looking at it from a holistic view, it's trying to eliminate symptoms. And that's what drugs do. And drugs have their place, without a doubt. Um, and they can, they can get you from a place of being really, really, you know, not being able to function in life and kind of get you out of that. But what if you're not on the drug, what happens? You're not functioning, or you're not, you're not allowed, you're brought, you, you can't, see what's going on because they're, it's covering up the symptoms, right? And you have to be able to know your body well enough to be able to, if you're, if you're having a symptom, okay, what is it? I'm not sure I'm saying this very well, but coming out of a chronic situation, if, you're, if you are squashing symptoms and only hiding them, then you don't really know if you're getting better. And that's I hope that makes sense, and that's kind of the key. I'm, I'm, I'm working with someone as, uh, kind of around that same area right now is let's do the drugs for a period of time, but let's, let's see what your body's doing. We need to see what your body's doing and how it's reacting and how it's functioning and what we can do to allow it then to get better so in time the doctors can take her slowly off of 
the drugs. And absolutely, yeah. we're not bashing drugs here. They saved my life. They yeah. absolutely saved my life. Yeah. But I needed uh, to add to that a more holistic approach. I need to add other team members mm -hmm. that would look at the other aspects that were more highly trained. Uh, the one thing I've learned about medical professionals is they have specialties. And, you know, yeah. let's let's just say, you know, if it's your thumb, and uh, I don't know if there's a, that's a specialist for thumbs, but let's say <laughs> there is, you know, they're just going to look at your thumb. They're not going to look at the rest of your hand. They're not, you know, they're not going to look at your foot. And so drugs absolutely saved my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm not bashing those at all. I'm just saying as you approach your wellness and as you begin to take steps each day, looking at yourself holistic, mm -hmm. looking at the parts that need to be worked and looking at yourself holistically and realizing that a lot of times members of your team are very specialized in just one area and that's why you need a team. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I know that you know when I'm a part of a team, you know I have my, my specialty or if somebody needs somebody else that is not my specialty, we refer or we bring on to the team and that's what that's what should happen for anybody and that's what you know I hope everyone advocates for themselves is you know interview you know interview your people interview the people who are on your team and sometimes it takes a while like you said um, I, how long ago were you diagnosed 2014 okay yeah and so three years ago you found your team and sometimes it yeah. takes time and it's hard that can be hard. It's a whole other job, right? And some of the members that are no longer on the team were ideal for the state and situation yes. I was in at that period of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But as your health changes, as the wellness emerges, it, it's good to be able to switch out mm -hmm. some team members or a team member who maybe had been a majority of the time now becomes uh, more of a consultant type of thing. Mm -hmm. Because the stronger you get, the healthier you get, you know, it's okay to add new team members or to structure the percentage of time that you're working with specific team members. Yeah. And realize that sometimes people say, oh, that just sounds so wonderful if I could only have a team. Well, oftentimes you may not have a team. <laughs> they're not like right here in my house, okay? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> oftentimes they're in consultative roles or something mm -hmm. like that. Or reading uh, as much as you can about this different health and well-being things, being able to, sometimes you say, well, I can't afford it, and I understand that. That can be, I understand medical conditions <laughs> yeah. really well, how it can be mm -hmm. incredibly expensive, but understanding yourself well enough, taking notes about your wellness and your well-being, and being your own best advocate. Yes. And so even if you don't have an entire team, you can still create your own internal team to continue your wellness journey. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Thank you for that. So I want to make sure that people know, um, well, I want to make sure that you said everything that you want to say, if there's anything that you want to add. But people know, you know, where to find you. You know, I want you to talk more about your, your podcast because it, it's amazing. And it's the number one podcast on Ohm Time, is that right? The, uh, well, the Wellness Podcast, the wellness. yes, on okay. Ohm Time. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. Um, and so I want you to, um, you know, so my question, are you, so I know you have your health coaching certification. Are you 
Do you integrate that all of, so you do your podcast and then you have your other business that you're doing, but you sort of integrate it all together, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sort of when you're an entrepreneur and you have a set of skills, I, it actually runs in two separate tracks. There's the work that I do around conflict and conflict resolution and communication, body language, and then there's the wellness work. Okay. But as with anyone who knows, <laughs> you know, this type of thing, so many of them of the skills overlap. This idea of how we talk about ourselves, whether in the corporate world or in the wellness world, is very similar. So mm -hmm. they, yeah. they do overlap. Mm -hmm. But the show itself is called The Autoimmune Hour. You can find it on all the outlets, if mm -hmm. you, as well as own times, but it's on all the outlets, YouTube and um, iHeart and Spotify, all the outlets. Mm -hmm. And it's at first, I started doing just medical professionals years ago when we started the show in 2015. And the reason I wanted to start it was I was so frustrated talking to medical professionals. I was like, with all my training, if I'm this frustrated, what's the average person going through? And so we only talked to medical professionals. But I realized that that's not what wellness is. We have to talk about past traumas. We have to talk about food. We have to talk about rest. We have to talk about how do we navigate in the world now and so how, what is an invisible illness a lot of times people call mm -hmm. you know autoimmune an invisible illness so the show covers a wide range of things and it's just all about creating the best you and optimizing yourself every day agreed and understand I, you know, something that you said triggered my thought where it was understanding that so much of you know when we when we are diagnosed trying to understand where it came from because when you said trauma trauma can trigger autoimmune conditions mm -hmm. um, accidents can trigger autoimmune conditions stress can trigger autoimmune conditions as is probably part of your issue of course food can trigger autoimmune conditions and even viruses yes <laughs> even yes viruses, viruses mycotoxins so many heavy metals yeah. um the glyphosate you know roundup you know the pesticides and the herbicides all of these things can can contribute or trigger autoimmune conditions and and knowing that for one knowing that before you have that trigger i think is important because we have the ability to mitigate the expression of these conditions we have the ability to live our life you know at, in, in very large part by lowering our intake of the pesticides and herbicides eating good food that we know that is healthy and not contaminated um, resting meditating praying sleeping um, you know all of these things you know you hear me talk about epigenetics we might have the potential for autoimmune disease we might have the potential for you know, cardiovascular disease and diabetes and you name it, we might have the potential, but knowing our potential is cool too. Look at your history. Okay, here's my potential. I can do all of these things to help inhibit, essentially, the expression of these, um, uh, they're called SNPs, essentially. But, and if you have been diagnosed, knowing that you have the ability to reverse it and don't feel stuck in that is very important as well. We have these, these, these names that sound really scary, but know that people reverse these names all the time. And, and, and I just, you know, 
I don't. I, I, my hope is that it's it's motivating for people to not feel stuck and know that there's more that's out there than, and which is why I do the show too. There's more out there than just conventional medicine, than just nutrition, than just PT and just chiropractors and all that. That there's so much out there to help with the mindset and the goals and the mental and the emotional and the dealing with trauma. So much that we can do to move out of these nasty little names that are called diseases. <laughs> and not believing, <laughs> I mean, sometimes not believing that the diagnosis is sometimes they, when I first got it, they tell you these terrible, terrifying statistics. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can be, you don't have to be the statistic, okay? Mm -hmm. There are plenty of ways to, if not eradicate, mm -hmm. absolutely mitigate. Mm -hmm a lot of the conditions that are happening to you. And it's not just one thing in the wellness journey. Right. It is continuing to layer on uh, new understandings and new ways of being in the world. And one of the simplest ways, and even if you're super busy, I think most people can do it, is to have a walk in nature. Mm -hmm. Go sit under a tree for five minutes. Mm -hmm. Hug that tree for five minutes, yes. whatever yes. it is. And it, it, it can be as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Agreed. All right, I hate to say it, but we have to be finished. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so much fun seeing you again, Nikki. So Thank good you. seeing you. Thank you for joining me. I know that you have other things that you really like to talk about, so I would love to have you on the show again um, in the next months or whenever you have time because this is this is a good topic and I think it's important for people thank to you. to to hear and to know and to learn from you. Oh thank you so much Nikki. All right, thank <laughs> you. Be sure and listen to Nikki's podcast. <laughs> and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was on your on your podcast. That was fun. Yeah. Over yeah. at understandingautoimmune.com. Yep, yep, yep. Um, of course, I'm at tastelifenutrition.com uh, for the website, and then for all of the social media, we're streaming live on kuhsdenver.com, uh, so they have amazing shows on this station, so check them out. Also, uh, starting to push out my new program, Soulful Conception, and this is all about uh, preconception planning, uh, getting ready, getting your body ready so you can create that healthy pregnancy, healthy baby and a healthy future for many generations to come because you can impact many generations to come, which is exciting. It's very cool stuff. So I uh, appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Everybody have a good week. Thanks, Sharon. <laughs>